This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Piper Clem, publisher of the Plat Horse Magazine, and I'm here today with Tom O'Mara, National Advisory Board Member for the National Collegiate Equestrian Association, NCEA. You are listening to Horses in the Morning Weekend Plaidcast, NCEA Update Edition on the Horse Radio Network for Saturday, November 19th, 2016. This episode is brought to you by the Plat Horse, Equifit, and Shorties. Good morning, Horse World. <music> Horses in the Morning Weekend Edition presents the Plaidcast. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good, Piper. How are you? Good. So you spent the weekend at a very exciting NCEA meet. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, it was very exciting. And uh, um, I know you were someplace interesting, very interesting as well. So I can't wait to hear all about that. Uh, looking forward to uh, today's show. Um, and, and also, real quick, there was one correction I got from last week's show, which is very important. I did state when we interviewed a young lady from Fresno State, I had highlighted that Fresno State, as great as they are doing this year, had won the United Equestrian Conference last year. And they did not. They won it the year before. And last year it was New Mexico State. So I just wanted to get clarity on that uh, as we started off here today. But this weekend I was very excited because as we pointed out last week, there are 40 um, meets in the fall part of the two-season equestrian season. As we said, the sport goes through the fall and the spring, and um, we are winding down now. There are about there were seven meets held this past weekend, and I got to go to one of them, which is a hotly contested uh, meet year in and year out between two uh, very strong teams, University of Georgia and Auburn University. And this week, I think we're down to just three meets left, which will be this following weekend before we go into Thanksgiving. And then their kids, all, the riders all go back or the student athletes all go back and uh, do their finals in December. So there'll be no competitions in December. And then the second half of the season starts when they get back in January. But yes, it was a, it was a very exciting meet I got a chance to go down to and witness in person. And there were... Um, you know, it was after the first three parts of the meet, which was fences, horsemanship on the western side, and then the flat on the hunt seat side, it was a tie score, 7-7. Seven, seven. So it was close. And it came down to the last discipline of reigning. And um, Georgia happened to pull it off. But again, they were very, uh, you know, tightly contested points. They were going back and forth. There was a tie, in fact. So the, of the five points that were uh, eligible on the reigning side, uh, it ended up being four uh, points won by Georgia, and uh, that was it. Um, one of the uh, girls who won one of those points is going to be our guest a little bit later on, so we'll talk to her about that, what that was like uh, being there right at the end, kind of clinching it for the home team, University of Georgia. But it was really, again, a uh, hotly contested um, uh, uh, meet. The other person we're going to get a chance to speak with today is from the Auburn side. 
So we have a hunt seat rider from Auburn University, uh, a highly decorated junior career, uh, Ashton Alexander, and she is now a key member of this NCAA team, and they won the national championships last year. So she was a member of that as a freshman. Very exciting for her. We'll go through uh, when we do her introduction later. Um, and then, of course, on the Georgia side, uh, I didn't mention her name earlier, but it's Lindsay Cheek who is a senior member of the reigning uh, Western squad at University of Georgia. So it was a beautiful day. There was a huge crowd out there um, for the equestrian event. It happens to be a great tradition between Georgia and Auburn that they hold this meet in the fall wherever the football game is that uh, the Auburn-Georgia football game is held, which is, the I think, the longest-standing uh, SEC uh, rivalry out there in football dating back to 1892, Georgia versus Auburn in football. And it goes back and forth between the schools. So they tie in the equestrian meet, the NCAA equestrian meet, and it goes back and forth and is tied into that, which is really exciting because we get a lot of people out there for the, for the meet. And I was walking around, and sure enough, I looked up, and I happened to recognize the Georgia athletic director was right out there at the farm watching this meet. Um, it's a big weekend, and you think – since the next day he had 92,000 people filling up his football stadium, of which it seemed to me, I did go to that game, it seemed to me about 90,000 of them were Georgia fans and his guests. I thought it was really neat that he was out there, and he knew who the riders on the team was, and he was very excited about um, the close match and the fact that his team pulled that out too. He said to me, hopefully this is a precursor to the football game tomorrow, which it, it ended up being. So that was a lot of fun. But um, that was the meet I was at, so that's that, that's my coverage of the Georgia Auburn meet this past weekend. <laughs> awesome. Um, I spent my weekend at the United States Hunter Jumper Association, USHJA, um, one of their educational program weekends. Um, this is a really special weekend every year. They have the national finals for the Emerging Athletes Program, the EAP, and the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge nationals um, in conjunction. So um, the riders and the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge finalists get to spend some time together and work with each other and um, from both sides, um, young people get to audit and see what's going on. So it's a really special finals and it's really fun to be held together and everyone there is so committed to educating the future of the sport. It is so exhausting and inspiring and um, it's one of my favorite events every year. Um, the Plaid Horse is actually the title sponsor for the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge Nationals. So um, I'm on that side working really closely with the clinicians and the testers to um, see the future of our sport. So um, the riders who made it on the EAP side went through uh, regional emerging athletes programs clinics and uh, the clinicians picked one or two riders from each of the regional clinics around the country to compete in nationals, um, either as a rider or a stable manager. And so the riders who are, um, and stable managers who are up to 21 years old do everything themselves all weekend, um, with the help of clinicians and go to get a lot of guidance on everything, but they are mucking their own stalls. They are grooming all their own horses. They are building the course. They are learning about veterinary care. They are doing absolutely everything. And it's, so cool to see that. Um, on the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge side of things, um, this is for um, young people 21 and under as well. And they take two tests online um, from study materials. And 
the top riders from around the country or the top test takers from around the country come to nationals where they have a format of a written test um, and then they have hands-on ID rooms and practicums where they have to demonstrate their knowledge, their horse knowledge from a practical side of things. So they might be, you know, you know, shown a trailer and told, you know, asked to demonstrate how they would load a horse on the trailer correctly and safely and explain why they're doing things. And they demonstrate that they know how to wrap and um, pull mains and everything you can imagine um, is that's in the study manual is um, fair game in the practicum. And then in the ID room, it's, they get tables of everything you can imagine. There's like a bit table and a table of, you know, photos of different things and they have to identify what they are and say what they're used for. And, and then in between all of this for both EAP and HQC, um, some of the most incredible clinicians are giving talks and lectures and working on stable management. And then um, in the ring, Peter Wild, um, Olympic gold medalist, is teaching the EAP, the riding part of the clinic. And so the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge and the EAP kids get to audit um, his teaching all day. And then on Sunday, um, they there's an EAP Nations Cup. So the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge finalists groom for the EAP kids who show in a Nations Cup and they crown the winner of EAP and HQC. And so it's a really intense weekend and um, it provides a lot of great framework for riders to become uh, successful for NCAA meets. That's right, actually, <clears throat> Piper, it sounds like a wonderful weekend, first of all, and it's a great program. And I, I've, uh, I've talked to many riders over the years who've had the opportunity to go through the regionals and, and, and a smaller group or fortunate enough to make it to the nationals, but it's really uh, quite an experience and they really train all year long and work on these, you know, being, be, being part of this. And it's really a, a wonderful program the USHA has put on. I wanted to uh, highlight, I happen to be, since I knew you were there, I, I looked up a couple of quick stats on the EAP. Uh, it's been in existence now, I think since back in 09-ish. Um, I don't have the exact date, but yep, I think that was it. The I'm pretty sure year. That yep. was the first one? Yeah. Yeah, this is the So the year. winner that year, there were co-winners that year. It was um, uh, Ricky Neal and Carly Anthony. And Carly did go on to become a member of the University of Georgia equestrian team and was uh, won the national championship there and ended up uh, being a two-time All-American, which is quite rare. Uh, she was an All-American in both disciplines in the unseat side, both uh, over fences and on the flat, which was really unique. She's a great young professional now in the business, got a great education, uh, rode those four years, and is now out uh, riding and, and doing extremely well as a young professional. And then I noted the next year, 2010 EAP winner was Kate Haley, who went on uh, to an IHSA program at Centenary College. And I think the very next year, I think her team won the national championship there, the Collegiate Cup. So you can see how it is a great feeder. And I'm sure there's many other members who've been, uh, I know there are, who've gone through the EAP. I just happened to notice right out of the shoot, the first two winners or one co-winner and one winner uh, went on and had very successful collegiate careers. And I'm sure there's many others that just didn't go through them all. Yeah, um, a lot of the riders talked about their um, either aspirations to ride on an NCAA team or a few of them this year already are because it's, it's up to 21 years old. So there are 
um, college students as well in both the Emerging Athletes Program and the Horsemanship Quiz Challenge. Right. For those who didn't hear our uh, podcast from last week, the one young lady we interviewed from Fresno State, I think, was a three-time participant in the EAP, Natalie yep. Wentz. So it's a great, great program. So one other thing to highlight this week, uh, we're in it still, actually. A very exciting uh, period of time is going on right now um, in NCAA sports broadly and for NCAA uh, equestrian, the emergent sport of equestrian. It is the national signing period. There's an early national signing period, and um, Piper and I had uh, been discussing a little bit offline. There have been announcements coming out this week. We don't have those to go through, but if you go to a lot of the university, the college equestrian websites, the NCAA colleges anyway, they are um, announcing some of the signees that people who have committed to come to those universities. Some great talent, both on the Western and the Huntsheet side, from the junior ranks across the country are joining up right now. And I thought I'd just clarify a little bit, Piper. There, there are two periods when um, junior athletes, uh, when they're in their senior year of college, can sign a national letter of intent to attend one of the uh, universities uh, when they get recruited to ride on the NCAA team. And the early signing period, we're still in the middle of it. It goes from November 9th to the 16th. Um, so that has not finished yet officially. And then, of course, the regular signing period is actually in the spring, which runs into the summer of next next spring of 17. So that goes from April 12th into August. Um, so there's still plenty of time for the schools to be signing people. But there's a lot of this gets done in the equestrian world in the early signing period although it's not the be-all and end-all, but it is happening right now. So I happen to see over the weekend, I was getting uh, Twitters and Facebook. Uh, I follow all the different teams on Facebook, and I saw a lot of them were posting uh, how excited they were to have new members uh, uh, joining, new, new, new riders coming in to join their team, and it's really an exciting time for the teams. And I'd like to give a special congratulations to uh, Plaid Horse intern Haley Livingston, just signed with Fresno State. So, oh, there we go. That is great. Yeah. We're going to get to our first guest, Ashton Alexander, uh, in just a moment after we get a chance to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's NCEA update is brought to you by Equifit. For more than 15 years, Equifit has created innovative products for the world's top equine athletes blending high-tech ingenuity and materials with equestrian expertise. From their proprietary T-foam fabric and T-tech boot line to their popular gel compression therapy line, Equifit continues to raise expectations through innovative designs and constant research and are proudly made in the United States. Visit them on the web at Equifit.net to learn more and join their email list or look for Equifit's full line at your local tax store. Equifit. Distinctive products for high performance. Equifit is a proud sponsor of the NCEA Hunt Seat Riders of the Month. Well, we'd like to welcome our first guest today, Ashton Alexander, who is on the Auburn Equestrian Team. And as you all heard me talk about a little earlier, there was a hotly contested battle up in Bishop, Georgia, between Auburn and University of Georgia, and Ashton did a great job there. Actually, Ashton won uh, the MOP, the Most Outstanding Performance on the Flat, I believe it was, Ashton. Is that correct? That's correct. 
So before we go and start asking you some great questions about your current riding and what it's like being on the team and whatnot, you know, this is where I get to do my little bit of a brag alert. In fact, I know Ashton's uh, trainer for many years, her trainer as a junior, <laughs> who was the person who phrased, I think, the term brag alert. And uh, <laughs> uh, I mentioned to her I was going to do a little of this, and she said, just don't do it as long as he would because we don't have enough time in the show. But Ashton... <laughs> And that's Don Stewart, by the way. So Ashton, uh, boy, what a junior career she had. I watched uh, Ashton ride from the ponies all the way on up because she's just a stellar uh, rider and has so many uh, accolades. And is just such a great kid and a uh, young lady now. But she won so much in the in the pony divisions. I just remember her being best child rider at Devon, uh, you know, winning at the Washington Horse Show, the championship there. And then, of course, she followed it right on through into the junior hunters. And I, I can't even uh, name the number of national junior hunter championships. She had West Coast, East Coast, largest, smalls, but she really was a spectacular uh, hunter rider. And, of course, her equitation uh, was spectacular as well. For, I think, two or three years, she was in the ribbons at just about every major equitation final there was. Um, there, I, In fact, I happen to note on here there were she was second place in the hundred and cup two years in a row. Uh, she won the McClay regional down in Florida two years in a row. And I think I remember the horse that you did that. He's one of my favorites. Um, and of course she was 11th in the Washington finals for last year, as well as the McClay. And she was third in the North American junior equitation championship at capital challenge that year as well. And that was just last fall. And I think Ashton, you came in in the middle of the year last year because you were finishing out those great junior fi- finals mm, in the fall of Yeah. And Ashton came into to, to Auburn in January to start mid-year, mid-season, and, which is a tough thing to do. And maybe uh, we'll ask you a question about that in a second. But I got to tell you real quickly, she had to contribute to that team spectacularly. Uh, last year, just in half the year, I think she was in – uh, she had 15 wins between the fences and the flat just in half the year. She went nine and two in fences and six and four in the flat. Uh, she had three MOPs, uh, most outstanding performances during that period of time. And uh, as you all have heard me say, at the end of the year, Auburn, the team that Ashton was on, won the NCEA National Championship. Uh, in doing so, Ashton was named to the SEC all-freshman team for both fences and flats, so two all-freshman teams. She was named to, um, and, then, and then she was named to the NCEA second-team All-American for fences as well. So quite the accolades. I always like to get those out of the way when we get a guest on, Ashton, because, you know, uh, you guys never want to tell us all about those type of things. So I did the brag alert for you. And then uh, I'm going to turn it over to Piper. Um, so Ashton, you were really known as a catch rider, but you know, you rode consistently the same horses in the equitation finals. You knew what you were going to get. Can you talk about how the college, the NTA experience is different walking in and drawing the horse and trying to get to know it quickly? The experience definitely is different. It's nice coming from being a catch rider growing up and getting on different horses and having that opportunity that I had at such a young age and be able to, to um, adapt to that. But you also have way more time than you get when you're riding in college. You get four minutes and four jumps. That's not a lot of time to get on the animal that you've never seen go, you don't know anything about. And also like 
you go to a brand new school, it might be a new horse for them too. And they don't know much about it. And I kind of break it down to think in those four minutes, you have two minutes to try and get the horse to do what you want it to do. And then you also have two minutes to become friends with them. You can't just get on them and just try and make them do something that they have absolutely no clue how to do, or that's not the way they were taught. And I think that's one of the main things is more is getting along with them is better than trying to get them to be the horse you really want them to be. So what's a typical day like for you, you know, balancing your studies? Do you know what your major is yet? You know, and how are you kind of working between classes and the barn and balancing everything? It's definitely a little bit of a struggle balancing everything. Um, we started off today with workouts at 5.30. That goes to about 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, I have some meetings normally at 9, class at 10, and then I get like a little hour break one more class and head out to practice. And normally that gets your day kind of rolling. And by the time you're done with practice, you're like, oh, I'm really hungry. Would like to take a nap. And then tutoring comes into play. And it definitely, definitely keeps me busy. And by the time I'm done during my day, all I want to do is sleep. <laughs> there is not time to do much of anything else besides sleep. But honestly, I like it a lot because of that. I was used to that growing up, staying busy, and it just helps me kind of stay more on top of things. If I know what I'm doing and I have to plan my days out ahead, I'm not going to fall behind anything. Where if I have too much time on my own, I would forget about something and probably not plan ahead and study far enough in advance for a test. Um, what would you tell other equestrians or aspiring equestrians about riding in college? Honestly, I think it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I was very nervous about it when I first was thinking it. I was like, I don't know for sure if I really want to do this. Do I want to just, you know, go pro and stay doing what I'm doing now instead of go to school? And I'm so happy that I made this choice. Uh, this is the first time I've been to school since elementary school. So that was definitely a little bit shocking when I came here in January. But having a team of 40 girls that I have behind me is just amazing. They've helped me through so much. And I definitely think this is one of the best decisions I've made. It's four years to have fun, but also get an education. And I'm doing something I love every day. So tell us about this Sunday and what the horse you drew and, you know, the progress of the day and the anxiety and what it was like. The horse that I first drew for jumping was a new horse uh, that Georgia had. Her name was Olga. And they said they just got her like last week. And I honestly, I really, really liked her. She was a very nice horse. And I think they're going to have a lot of good come from her later on. Uh, we also had a little bit of a re-ride. She kind of misbehaved and that's, you know, it happens. And I got to end up ride another horse that I've never sat on. And so that was really nice because now I got to ride two horses that I've never really watched before and never got to sit on. And so it kind of just helps me in the future know a little bit more about them. Definitely the nerves. I think I was more nervous when the re-ride came into play than when the first draw came out. And just having to go jump the course one more time made me a little bit more nervous because I'm like, oh, now I can mess this up even more. At least the first time it was kind of like done and over with. And now you have to think about doing it again. Um, and so it was definitely some nerves were there and came into play. And the flat was nice a horse I drew again I've never seen before and so I ended up really liking him and he was very nice to run the pattern on and I was very pleased with 
being able to get the chance to ride three different horses that I never got to sit on before. And just so I know now in the future, if I ever get to draw them again, I've at least sat on them once and kind of have a feeling of them. Yeah. So Ashton, it was, uh, it was interesting because your draw, by the way, uh, as we described in an earlier episode, the draws are random, but so is your competitor. And I happen to note, since I was standing on the sideline, you ended up riding against the same Georgia rider in both events as well. Who is another That's very uh, well-respected, notable rider, right? Very correct. Yes, it was. It was funny because honestly, the last couple meets I've had that where I've gotten drawn with the same girl for both jumping and flatting, and so sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you might get the person you're like, oh, I just don't want to go against that person today. But um, it was nice. Maddie and I are good friends, and so it was nice to see her riding in college and nice to see another person that was so well known as a junior too that decided to come to school and not just turn pro that's right that was maddie darst she wrote against so it was interesting these two great junior riders here i was again standing in the middle of georgia watching these two great junior riders who we've seen at all the top venues all these years all around the country the national the washington devon you name it and uh here i was uh you know in this beautiful field and it was in very nice weather uh, the, 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 down in the middle of Georgia, watching the two of them, you know, get on a random horse uh, and, and go head to head. And guess what? They ended up splitting those two events. So <laughs> you won the flat, and I think she won the fences on the re-ride. Yeah. So it was really That's exciting. Correct. This is exactly why I, I love watching these NCAA meets. Ashton, can you explain how the re-ride process works for people who are unfamiliar with the rules? The re-ride process works. So if a horse misbehaves uh, for one team, your coach is allowed to ask the steward to head to the judge and ask for a re-ride. And as long as the judge says the re-ride is okay and grants the re-ride, you always have one horse that's on for backup. And so that horse normally has to stay up at the ring for the whole meet that it's sitting in as the alternate for. They warm it up in the beginning so you get to see it, and then they hold him up there. You then get two minutes to get on your re-ride horse plus still four jumps. And then whoever goes first in the draw will go first on the re-ride horse. So that ended up being me. And then I did my course, got a score. When I got off, Maddie got two minutes to jump four jumps before she got her re-ride round. Well, I'm glad, Ted Piper, that you asked um, Ashton to explain that because, one, uh, I don't think I could do half of that, and she's really good at the rules. I've always known that about her. And sure enough, I'm listening to her. I'm like, yeah, that's the right person. We should call her on any question we have about the sport, if I know she knows the answer. <laughs> All right, Piper, so I think it was great having Ashton on today, and we really appreciate it, Ashton. And uh, I, I, I was so happy to have you on to be able to share all your great uh, uh, junior riding career and let people know that, you know, you're here. They might not see you at Devon this uh, May, but if they follow this sport, they're going to see you all year long, and they are going to see you at the SEC Championships in March, which will be hosted down at Auburn University, so you don't have to travel for that one. You'll get that good speech <laughs> that you'll like. And then, of course, yeah. we have the National Championships in April down in Waco, so I'm sure people who are following the sport will continue to see Ashton Alexander. She's only a sophomore, too, so she's got a couple more years uh, of NCAA riding. Congratulations, Thank Ashton. You. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for taking the time and doing this. I appreciate it.
Get your Western cowboy hat at Shorty's Cowboy Hattery, dedicated to the true tradition of the Western cowboy. Their custom-fit cowboy hats are built for all-day comfort and style. They can bring out your best with the fit that suits your facial features. You can, you can find them online at shortyshattery.com or stop by to visit their Oklahoma store. They're a proud sponsor of the NCEA. So that next hat you're looking for, go to shortyshattery.com. Our second guest on today's podcast, NCEA Update Edition, is Lindsay Cheek. Lindsay is a senior at the University of Georgia and competes in Western Reining. Hey, Lindsay. Thank you for coming uh, on board today. and We look forward to talking to you about uh, your career uh, as an equestrian, as a junior Western rider, as well as what you've been doing for four years now at the University of Georgia as a key member of that Western Reining squad. And we'd love to hear from you a little bit about... Uh, past weekend's meet against uh, Auburn, which we just had a rider from the Auburn team we just interviewed, too, so we got to hear her insights, too, which was great. So um, welcome, welcome, uh, Lindsay. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So real quick, everyone, Lindsay is, as I probably said already, she is a senior at University of Georgia. And Lindsay, what is your major? Uh, Management Information Systems, so IT management. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. And is that in the business school over there? Yes, it's part of the Cherry College of Business. Right. Well, congrats to you. I know that's a difficult thing to get into, the Terry College of Business at the University of Georgia, so good job with that. So Thank that's you. the first brag I'm going to make about you. But real quick, I'm going to go through some of uh, Lindsay's background. Um, she grew up, I think, right on the border of uh, Georgia and Florida and did a lot of time, I think, in the Florida reigning circuit as a junior reigner. Is that correct? Yes, yep. So back, um, I think 2010, you were the you were the youth 14-18 champion of the Florida Reigning Horse Association, and then she followed that up in 2012. She was the reserve champion in the Florida Reigning Horse Association. So as a top competitor in that circuit um, for a number of years, I guess you probably caught the eye of a lot of the southeast schools, um, as well as probably schools across the country, but. Um, I have a funny feeling that a lot of them were not going to be able to recruit you because um, <laughs> I think you could tell us the story of why it is that you are now at the University of Georgia. Yeah, um, I was definitely born a bulldog. Both of my parents graduated from the University of Georgia. Um, my dad graduated from the University of Georgia's vet school. Um, he's a veterinarian, and I was definitely born to be here. Um, I looked at a couple of the other Southeastern Conference schools a little bit, but kind of knew I always belonged in Athens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I set you up with that one. I knew that's the reason why, because I met your parents. They're great people. And uh, they're yeah. so proud to watch you when you ride for Georgia. They're uh, not just their daughter, but they're, alum, uh, they're alma mater as well, right? Yep, yep. So when Lindsay came to Georgia, her freshman year, she was named to the All-SEC uh, All freshman team. Right out of the shoot, her second year, she was also named to the SEC Academic Honor Roll. So I like to highlight this, Lindsay, because, you know, we know there's a lot of good riders on these teams, uh, but I also like to point out that there's a lot of good students on these teams as well. Um, and then finally, last year, she was named to the NCEA Honorable Mention for the Ac Ac Academic All-American, which is really kind of a combo of the two at the highest level. So congratulations over your first three years, those um, accolades for not just your riding, but for your academics as well. And I'm sure we'll see more of that this year as well, right? 
Yeah, hopefully. Thank you. So, uh, Piper, with that, I don't know you want to talk to her a little bit about some of the, uh, I know you had some questions for Lindsay about, you know, what it's like to be uh, a student as well as an athlete here at Georgia. Yep. Um, so, Lindsay, as you get deeper into your major and closer to graduating, you know, what do you think has been the hardest thing about being a student athlete and how do you work with that? I would say definitely the time management that it requires. Um, I think all of our academics require a lot more planning ahead than other students who don't necessarily have athletic um, responsibilities. Um, Meeting with groups is harder to get things done and just managing our time with the workouts and practices that are required, um, whether they be early morning or on the weekends and figuring out how school fits into that and balancing it all. (laughs) Um, What kind of workouts practice schedule do you have on a typical day? Um, A typical day for me either starts at 5.30 or 6.30 um, with um, practice or workouts. So Monday mornings at 5.30, we have a cardio workout for an hour, and then um, I'll go to class for two to three hours and then straight to practice, which usually takes up between tacking horses riding and then unpacking anywhere from two to three hours. And then after that begins the homework and studying. (laughs) Piper was interesting. I was trying to get through to Lindsay just to give her uh, a quick briefing about uh, this, this call today earlier. And I'm like, why isn't Lindsay picking up? Why isn't she picking up? And finally I got a frantic call back from her. Like, I'm really sorry, Mr. Mauer. I was at practice and I was up on a horse. Mm -hmm. So she gets her phone. Then there was no downtime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what advice, now that you have some perspective on your time there, would you give, um, you know, do you give uh, first-year college students or aspiring, you know, high school students who want to ride NCEA in college? I would say for the aspiring students, just ride as many different horses as you can. Um, moving into this format, I think whether you're on the hunt seat or the Western team, it's such a transition to ride so many different horses and have to figure them out in so little time. So any opportunity you have to ride a horse that's not yours or ride a different horse in your barn, definitely take advantage of that. And then I would also say for first-year students um, that may be joining NCEA team to take full advantage of all the resources that are available to us um, between the academic resources, the athletic resources, the health resources that are all included for us um, at no cost, no extra cost between tutoring and mentoring, just taking full advantage because it is such an opportunity that most people are not lucky enough to have. Absolutely. Um, And that can be said for any other thing for all the young people listening that take advantage of all the opportunities around you. Um, What? So we just heard on the hunt seat side of things that they get four minutes to get to know the horse what do you have on the western side um to how much time what's the format like to get to know um a new horse that you compete on um it's very similar we have four minutes so um for me in the reigning typically the reigning event goes last for us so the horses will come up and the home school will warm the horses up for 30 minutes and we're allowed to watch the horses ask questions Um, We're we're able to ask them to perform certain maneuvers that we're going to do in our pattern. 
Um, and then we are allowed the same time, four minutes. There's certain maneuvers that we're allowed to do versus not allowed to do in the four minutes. Uh, kind of like the hunt seat, they're only allowed a certain number of jumps in their four minutes. Um, and then we go in and show. So if you're usually going towards the end of the competition, um, that sounds like a lot of pressure from your entire team by the time you actually walk into the room. How do you keep your mental game strong and, you know, focus on the riding itself? I think for me personally, it's kind of an extra fuel because in the SEC, typically by the time we get to the reigning event, the score is usually tied, especially with a team um, that's as talented as South Carolina or Auburn that we played this past weekend. Um, so it's a little extra pressure on the reigning team. And I think we've learned really to thrive in it because if you don't, it'll overcome you. Um, so you're going in and the whole team is typically there cheering for you. So it's a little extra energy. Um, the event is higher energy in general. So it's just really fun. Um, and then walking out and having all your teammates standing there, you know, no matter how your ride went, they're cheering for you. So looking forward to that experience. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the camaraderie dynamics on the whole team? How big is your team? Do you guys like eat together, study together? You know, what, um, how does that all play out? Um, I believe our roster is at 65 girls this year. So we're one of the bigger teams in the country. Um, and as any group, large group of girls goes, it can be difficult for everyone um, to kind of find their place. But I think we do a really good job, um, especially at the beginning of the year with team bonding events, just really taking the time to get to know each other, getting to know the freshmen, making them feel like, you know, they're not just freshmen, they're part of this and they're part of what we're trying to do and the end goal of a national championship. Um, and I think no matter whether people are starting riders or warm-up riders, they all want that for each other. Um, and that's definitely something I've experienced throughout my four years, every single year. Um, and you become, by the end of the year, everyone's like sisters. You know everyone really well between traveling together, spending eight to ten hours at the barn together for a meet. Um, it's just, I mean, you become family. So Tom was on the ground, uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, no, it was very exciting. I did have the opportunity to be there and, uh, I was talking about it with Ashton Alexander from Auburn as well. And it did come down to, I, uh, I mentioned earlier in the pod, on the podcast today, we were tied seven, seven. Once again, as uh, Lindsay was just saying, as we came into raining, so it was, you know, everyone was standing pins and needles just waiting to see what was going to happen here. And Lindsay was one of the three uh, Georgia riders who had to go first in the draw and set down a score. And she rode a great horse. I always love the Western horses' names, by the way, because, I'm <laughs> outside, you know, they always have these kind of, there's some fancy names. Uh, maybe Boogie's not such a fancy name or CJ, but uh, <laughs> usually, you know, Paris or Franck or, or Ocean and Roman. And Balducci, these are just some of the ones I'm looking at on the score sheet. But sure enough, on the Western side, it's always Dungaree and Woody. Woody happens to be my favorite name out there, and Wyatt. And you got Smoke, which I thought was a cool yep. name. So what was it like when you drew Smoke? You know, have you you've ridden him before, or is he new, or has the team had him for a while? Um, we've had him, I believe, all four. This will be my fourth year on the team. I think he's been there all four years. Um, 
I've shown him a couple times. I actually have drawn him against Auburn before, so I had a little bit of a flashback. Um, thankfully, it went better this weekend than it had in the past, but he he's an interesting one. He's different from day to day. Um, so just keeping him calm and relaxed was my main goal, and we got it done. So. And you had the opportunity to go first time. Now, uh, do you know the uh, Auburn rider? Who I mean, is she from the being in the Western world? Do you know Betsy Brown? That's who came in and rode rode smoke after you did to try to beat your your score. I don't know her. I believe she started in the horsemanship. I'm not really sure. Um, uh, we get to know all the girls. I know a couple of the girls on the ring team. Alexa Rivard um, actually competed against in the Florida circuits as a youth. But yeah, the Western world's pretty small, so. Yeah. Well, it's good. You ended up winning your po- your point there on smoke, so that was uh, exciting, and the team ended up winning four of those reigning points. So that sealed the win for Georgia this week, and that was pretty exciting. And I was mentioning earlier before you got on, it was a pretty exciting football game. Went the same way for you, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. We we told the football players we were glad we could set the pace for them. <laughs> oh, you did good. I'm glad you let them know you. You threw down the gauntlet for the football team, and they followed through. So that was exciting. Well, um, Piper, is there anything else we want to talk to Lindsay about today? I think that's it. Congratulations, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So, Lindsay, are you guys done for the year uh, for the for the fall? I mean, Um, no. We actually fly out Thursday afternoon. We're going to compete on Friday at South Dakota State, and then Friday night we'll fly to Oklahoma. And Saturday, we'll compete at Oklahoma State to finish off our fall season. Oh, wow. Exciting. Wow. Lots of travel. Well, good luck on the road for the team. And uh, we look forward to hearing all those who are following the NCAA College Equestrian. They will be following, uh, you know, Georgia going into the SEC uh, championships down in Auburn in March. And, and again, to hopefully see you guys at the national championship in April. So, Everyone was looking forward to following Lindsay. Thanks for joining us today and uh, sharing some of your thoughts about being on the team. Well, that was great, Piper, hearing from two of the riders in that Georgia-Auburn meet this weekend and getting a chance to get their insights. But I also wanted to make sure we covered this past weekend. As I said earlier in the show, there were seven meets this past weekend, and quite a few of them were out west and down in Texas. And I have some scores here just to recap some of those. There was... um, Delaware State traveled down, down, down south. They went down to Texas. Uh, Delaware State, I think last Thursday, they rode at A&M, and A&M won that, that meet 18-2. A&M continues their just you know, stellar season. I believe they're 5-1 and one now, and they're done for the, uh, for the fall. But 5-1 you know, and one was spectacular. Four of their wins, by the way, were on the road. So their first four meets, and you know, they're just really dominating right now. So then Delaware State went up to Waco, Texas, from College Station. They went up to Waco... And it was one of those three-way meets. It was really interesting. You had Delaware State and TCU at host Baylor University. So they all rode against each other, uh, what we call a three-way meet. Uh, Delaware State rode against TCU first, and TCU won that meet 10-5. to And then uh, Delaware State rode against Baylor, and Baylor won that meet 13-3. to And then the next day, Baylor rode against TCU, uh, you know, hotly contested uh, competition between two Texas schools and Baylor came out with a win nine, seven on that one. So pretty exciting. A lot of excitement going on down in Texas. Um, Delaware state before they headed back up North, they swung by, uh, I guess Dallas and they rode against SMU at the Dallas equestrian center 
And SMU won that one 12 to 6, and they swept all four MOPs. Um, I happen to note one of the uh, MOPs was Vivian Yowen, who also just uh, had a great junior career. And this past uh, maybe a month or two ago, I watched her at Gladstone during the USEF Talent Search East Finals, and she was in the top four and ended up third in that competition. So congrats to Vivian moving right on from the Big X Championships uh, to winning MOPs down for SMU. So that was exciting. And then, of course, it was uh, West Texas Road at and, uh, New Mexico State. And New Mexico State won that one. I don't have the score in front of me on that one. But that was the wrap-up of some of the things that happened this week. And, again, there are only three uh, meets happening this next weekend, uh, which Lindsay mentioned they're doing two of them, Georgia at South Dakota State and then at Oklahoma State. And then another big SEC uh, meet, I think Auburn's going to uh, – South Carolina. So that's happening this weekend too. And then that's a wrap for the fall. Now, one final thing, Piper, you and I have talked about this as well. There's, uh, as we've gone through the format for NCAA collegiate equestrian, one of the things that the national advisory board started just this year in January, um, which was in the middle of a show year, which most show years for listeners, as you all know, August through August, a qualifying period for these metal classes. And we created uh, something that we thought would be real interesting for junior riders to get a taste of what it's like to compete in the NCAA format. So we created a medal class called the NCEA Junior Hunt Seat Medal Class, which is a 3-3 three, three, uh, medal class. And we got, appro- we got approval to run this class uh, middle of the year, middle of the show year. And despite that, we reached out the NAB, National Advisory Board, we reached out to show managers across the country, and they were very supportive. This show, really starting in February, and as you can imagine, a lot of the show managers already had their prize lists determined for the spring and summer. Yet despite that, a lot of them still stuffed them into their prize list, and many of them that hadn't been published added them. We had over 120 shows, really in a truncated year, agree to hold this class for us uh, across the country because we designed it so that there would be a championship on both the East Coast and the West Coast. So a lot of times, a lot of the West Coast riders don't come out to the East Coast finals, especially when they're younger riders doing the three-foot or the three-three act classes. So we're very happy uh, to say that in this truncated inaugural year, we had so much support from the horse show world, as well as over 100 uh, junior riders signed up to be members of this class through Rygate. And we had, uh, I think, 35 on the West Coast on the final result list and about 28 or 29 on the East Coast list. So I just wanted to quickly give you the highlights because we had both of those finals. The East Coast finals were held, um, when was that, October 1st, Saturday, October 1st, down in Culpeper at Hits, Culpeper, Virginia. And it was very exciting. I was there for that one, um, as well as Dr. Leo Fiorentino, the executive director of the NCEA. We also had five uh, NCAA coaches show up there and watch and observe the event. So that was great support. And they got a chance to see, you know, 15 really great riders compete. And the winner of the first ever East Coast NCEA medal finals was Anna Bertozzi from Virginia. Uh, she, I believe she's trained by her father and they didn't have to travel so far. Uh, she competed in the classes during the year and, and, and qualified and came there and won that. And she won. It was a tight, tight uh, event because she won by one point over Hannah Matz, who was the reserve champion. And, what they do, and the reason this is a neat class, is all year long they compete over fences and on the flat. 
and they earn points. When they come to the final, we do the same thing. The, the riders go through a fences phase and a flat phase. And then um, they take the top four riders, when they combine their scores, are put in a bracketed format. And we take a neutral horse. So there's a semifinal round, head-to-head on the same horse. Whoever gets the highest score moves on to the finals. And this year, and then there's a neutral horse for the finals too. So Hannah Matz and Anna Bortosi uh, both had to ride the same horse. And Anna, her ride was one point by deemed by the judges to be one point better than Hannah. So it was really close, really exciting. And I got to tell you, the trainers, the parents, and the riders, none of them have competed in that format before until they got to this final. And they thought it was very interesting and very exciting. And there was a lot of buzz about it, and the coaches were there, so it was great. Now, just this past weekend, the reason I'm bringing it up, and we didn't talk about it earlier, is because just this past weekend, Saturday, November 12th, we had the NCEA Junior Hunt Seat Medal West Coast Finals. Um, again, it hits out in, uh, uh, in Thermal, out at, uh, hits Sunshine Series 2, and um, there were top 15 uh, competitors who qualified, showed up at that uh, championship and it was very exciting. It was won this year. So the first ever West Coast final winner, the NCAA junior medal class, is Sydney McManus. And she also ended up going against Julie Damore, who ended up being second. I didn't get a chance to travel to the West Coast as I was down in Georgia this weekend. But Dr. Fiorentino, Leo, was out there, and she said it was fantastic. And we just had such great support from HITS, sponsoring, uh, hosting these finals for us, which has been great. And really, quite frankly, from the whole horse show community for for back in this this class. So a lot of excitement there. We just uh, wanted to mention, you know, some junior riders getting a taste of what it's like to be, uh, you know, the format when they when they uh, end up riding for an NCAA team. So that's it for me, Piper. Well, thank you, Tom. And thank you to, to, to today's guests, Ashton Alexander and Lindsay Cheek. Um, you can find links to today's guests and show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. Follow the Horse Radio Network on Twitter at, at Horse Radio. You can have all the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go on their free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. If you miss a live show, you can still listen to the recorded version on the Horses in the Morning website, um, affiliate websites, or iTunes. You never need to miss an episode. Thank you to our sponsors, the Plaid Horse, Shorties, and Equifit. So we look forward to seeing everyone and uh, everyone following us next season. And we'll be back uh, in the spring to follow the second half of the NCAA season. See how it turns out. (laughs) 